Chop, the original Guillotine League podcast. Everything you need to know to avoid the chopping block. Chop is brought to you by guillotineleagues.com. Now, your hosts, Paul Chargian and Brian Johnson. Welcome to episode number four of Chop, the Guillotine League podcast. I'm Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson. Hello again, Charch. Today, we are looking over the corpse of a Guillotine League owner. We're going to perform an autopsy. What went wrong? How did we find ourselves on this cold metal table? Do you really have to do an autopsy? What went wrong with the beheading, though? I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, an easier, it's an easier autopsy, too. It's, it's the yeah. head's pretty heavy yeah. part of the body, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in there, but yeah. I um, know what you're saying. I yeah, hear what the you're beheading, saying. The beheading is just, that's the symptom. What led to is, the beheading? What did this yes, person deserve to yes, get their head exactly, chopped off? Right. Exactly. We're going to talk about the, the mistakes that you could make as early as the drafting season or then in season that can end up putting you on the slab in the morgue, our autopsy of a guillotine league corpse. Coming up now, we begin with the cause of death for our corpse. A couple of things. Number one, not respecting the bye weeks, Brian. Yeah, you got to do that in the guillotine league. In standard leagues, you know, it's more, I can weather this bye, and then I'm, mm-hmm. of course, still going to be in this league. But if you don't weather your, your bye weeks early on, you could not be in the league anymore, and your head is chopped off. And right now, the byes are set to start in week five this season uh, with the Lions and the Packers, the only yep. two teams. Um, but yeah, you really kind of, you got to take note of these early bye week teams because you can't bank on having stud, you know, depth on your bench at that point. Yeah. It's still pretty early yeah, yeah. in the season. And if you mm-hmm. are going to bank on it, then you have to commit to spending a ton of fab early, which isn't always the best strategy. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, you want to be be very wary of the bye weeks for sure. And uh, you don't want to be drafting multiple players in the earlier rounds with the same bye weeks because it will come back to bite you pretty quick. It really will. And extraordinarily uh, uh, dangerous at the quarterback position and the tight end position where you're going to start the season with 17 teams. How many good tight ends are there to go around? And nope. if, if your tight end has got an early bye, now, fortunately, the Lions and the Packers don't even have a have, really have a tight end that may even get drafted here. Um, we weren't thinking that about TJ Hawkinson no, after we were, week, week one. one of last year. No, we weren't. <laughs> and, and maybe we're going to be wrong. And I hope Hopefully, he has a great, yeah, yeah, a great but, second right. see, uh, second year of his career. But um, those early bye weeks at those two positions, you, if you've got if your quarterback is a week, I think uh, I think the Saints are a week six bye. Um, if you've got Saints in week six. You need to make sure that your backup quarterback is not only not week six, but also has got a good matchup in week six if you're counting on Drew Brees. Just don't do this. Do not draft a Lion. You're not going to draft a Lion in the first round. You could draft a Packer in the first round. It could be Devontae Adams, maybe Aaron Jones. We've been ragging on Aaron Jones. Don't draft Aaron Jones. But if you do, don't come back and draft uh, Kenny Galladay in round two because week five – you yeah, got Devontae stuck. Adams and yeah. Kenny Galladay <laughs> on the right. bench. So that's where you start. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the bye weeks even that, more that would later. Be, but yeah. That'd be a big cause of death for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of the big things that you got to be really careful about is multiple flops in one week. This is how you lose is, you know, whether or not you even had a bye week, but a bye week could be in here. It's, it's you're really trying to avoid the same uh, having three four players all flop in the same week so we talked last week's episode of chop brian about the consistent players and what do those consistent players look like what we didn't talk about 
or the players you need to avoid and how to how and what are the traits of those players and let's start here number one touchdown dependent players mm-hmm. talk to our listeners about the danger of players who when they don't score give you nothing yeah I'm going to start with Stefan Diggs um of course was on the Vikings last year on the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills now last year um he had four games with at least one touchdown and 11 games without Stefan yeah. Diggs in the four games he scored, he averaged 19.3 points per game. Those are very good. Very good numbers. In the 11 games without, he averaged 7.1 points per game. He only cracked double-digit PPR points in three of those 11 games. And I think That's, Josh Allen, as sort of your, yeah. your prototypical big-armed, inaccurate passer, I think it's going to be a lot of the same, where yeah. he either connects for that big play or he doesn't yeah. connect with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen does not have the accuracy of Kirk Cousins, so this makes Diggs seem like even more of a boom or bust option. Makes me very, very nervous in guillotine league. So I might uh, reconsider uh, if he's staring at me at the top of my queue uh, come, I don't know, round five. Maybe like four or five in a guillotine league. Uh, Another guy is Darius Slayton. Um, Last year, four games with at least one touchdown and nine without. In the four games, he scored at least once, 18.2 points per game. The nine games without... 3.6 3.6 points per game. Ouch. He never cracked double-digit PPR points in the games he didn't score. And, yes, he was a rookie. He was a rookie. I, and that, there was a change of quarterback. better, right. But he did play every week. He was the only guy that was healthy all yeah. season. Yeah. And, and leading into that, so going into this year, he never played with Evan Engram, mm-hmm. Golden Tate, uh, Sterling Shepard, all in the field at the same time. So he's a guy that people were really excited about. But in a guillotine league, his, his floor and ceiling are way I, I too far I think more broadly, all rookie wide receivers are a danger mm-hmm. of being guys that are going oh, yeah. to be touchdown-dependent players. Uh, I'll give you one more. Sony Michelle. In when he scored, he averaged 15 fantasy points per game. And when he didn't, he averaged six. Yeah. 15 versus six. You know, those six-point games are what what ends up being nails in your coffin. So, touchdown-dependent players you want to avoid. Next, rushing-dependent quarterbacks. Now, that's Not named Lamar Jackson. Not named Lamar Jackson, (laughs) because he's special. Now, And the reason Lamar Jackson's a unique case is because he enjoys designed running plays for him. Mm -hmm. So, he always gets his runs. For the rest of the league's quarterbacks, all of their running is done on scrambles, mm-hmm. broken plays. Yep. Sometimes there just aren't broken plays, either because the offensive line holds up or you're just absorbing sacks, you know, whatever the case may be. And so those rushing quarterbacks will not always generate fantasy points. What happens when your wobbly-armed quarterback, who you need to run points, doesn't run? Now you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck big time. And, you know, a guy like Josh Allen, if he's – there's a good chance if he's not running, he might not be thrown e- either because they have such a good defense in Buffalo now that you're really up, up shit's creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. Pardon my language. But, yeah, you got to be careful with these uh, rushing dependent quarterbacks because it's so boomer bust. And, like, you can weather that storm again in standard fantasy leagues, but 18 leagues is not going to fly. So, yep. And it's tough to peg. I mean, you can see what teams give up good rushing numbers to quarterbacks, but that does not yeah. always hold up in court. Yep. <laughs> um, I think Kyler Murray's dangerous for this oh, yeah. reason, right? As, as still a young passer, I don't know that you're going to be able to trust his arm week in and week out to provide you fantasy points. Some weeks, Kyler Murray's going to be athletic and run, and some weeks he's not. And when he doesn't run and doesn't pass in the same week, you're stuck. And Russell Wilson never seems to do both in the same week either, really. They never let him pass, they, first and foremost. Yeah, first he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like, pass a lot. Then also the running numbers are way down yeah. from where he was, mm-hmm. you know, three and four years ago as well. 
All right, another player type to avoid, runners who can't catch. Because in PPR formats, which is what we use at guillotineleagues.com and most people do use as well, those catching numbers really help, Brian. They even out the the bad running game where the running game gets shut down or your, your team's down by 17 at half and they're just not running anymore. The runners who can catch maintain viability no matter what the game script is. Yeah, let's say runner A is the the, the running running back and uh, player B is the pass catching running back. Yeah. If I, if I know both are guaranteed to not score, I will take the guaranteed six to seven targets from the PPR back over yeah. the 12 to 15 carries based solely getting Sony yardage Michelle on the ground. Sony versus James White. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, even in this year, it might be like, I might take Chris Thompson over Leonard Fournette, who wow. Leonard Fournette bailed everyone out with his pass catching last year, he right? He did. He did. But, uh, but that pass catching could dry up yep. this year for reasons we've talked about on Fantasy Football Weekly. But he was a perfect podcast. example last year, Fournette. Only had, what, three or four touchdowns, mm-hmm. but a uh, ton of catches. But he's not going to do that again. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, Carlos Hyde, when uh, when he posted a scoreless 67 rushing yards or less, a scoreless 67 rushing yards, which he did a lot, um, he averaged five fantasy points. You know, and those you know Carlos Hyde never catches, and that's that's an absolute killer. And when he doesn't go off on the ground, then you're stuck. So, and a big name, uh, Derrick Henry. They never throw him the ball. He he. Came through week in, week out towards the tail end of the season over 100 yards and a touchdown. But if he's not getting the 100 yards or the touchdown, he's a yeah. guy that could, could kill you. They better start throwing the ball more this year. I, I'm, I'm flummoxed by that, but we'll see All what right. happens. Let's look at some of the in-season things that, um, that could be tricky for owners and could ultimately re- result in a cause of death as we continue with our autopsy of a guillotine league corpse. Number uh, This is item broadly, topic number three. You blew your fab budget too soon. Why don't you just start by even explaining what FAB is? Because yeah. I think most of our listeners know, but give people an understanding of what that budget looks like. FAB, F-A-A-B, free agent acquisition budget. Should be used in all formats of fantasy football, we uh, suggest. No yeah. waiver wires and waiver order. That's, uh, that's a dinosaur stuff. But um, So you start with $1,000 in guillotine leagues, fake money, of course, and uh, you use that to place bids on players, and that's how you win. And if there's a, a, a tie bid, there's tiebreakers. We won't get into that now, but... Um, like you said, week one goes by, you survive. Big names on the free agent wire. You're very tempted yeah. to you know, blow your wad right there on, uh, as I say, Saquon Barkley, whatever. But that can come back to bite you, too, if you do that. I know you have personal stories. I do I as do. well. You, yeah. you, you jump to be like, How can I, who can I get to win the league in week two? Yeah. Let me spend all my money. Don't do that. Just I suggest just, depending on the makeup of your team, of course, but just sitting back a little bit. You just need to spend enough to survive week two. Let more bodies fall. Let the, you know, all the fab thin out on the other teams. So I think you really have the, the, the best guillotine owners, Brian, are the ones who ask themselves, am I in danger next week? Am I in real danger next week of getting cut? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in real danger, I'm not spending fab, not meaningful no. amounts of not no. meaningful amounts of my money. Like 20 bucks tops. And you need to do that every week. You need to be, as you're looking at the waiver, you need to be looking ahead at the lineup you're going to set and ask yourself, am I pretty safe or am I in danger? Because in, in, in week two, if you're round one, round two players, they're going to be going for $500, $600. People are going to have money. Big money, yeah. Yep. And they spend a lot early too. So 
It's, Listen, it's, you don't want to hold it too long, though. Don't well, hold that. Okay, yeah. that's the next point. Exactly. So the the next point, as a, as we go through our autopsy of a guillotine league corpse, is you held your fab budget for too long, and so there's no point in taking nine hundred eighty dollars to your fab grave. Yeah, no one's inheriting that. Nobody, <laughs> right? That, that money's just gone. That's not paying for your kid's college fund. No. So you do. You just again, you have to be thoughtful about it and look at your roster. And, and you know, if you came out of the draft and you don't have a second running back. And here comes Ezekiel Elliott on the waiver wire, and you really don't have a second running back, you may just have to spend. Mm-hmm. And even early. But it's tough to get to the finish line without some November fab because those teams that are going to get cut in November yep. are going to be rock star teams. Oh, yeah. And you're going to want to have fab. And in when November. you know you have more than everyone else, and yeah. you control the board, that's a great feeling. Fab. It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. The guillotine league I won last year, I was controlling the board in, in weeks 9, 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12. And wow, that's, um, you know, that's how you end up with a deeply stacked roster. All right, then another cause of guillotine league death, handcuffing and quarterback-wide receiver combos. These are taking players from the same team, broadly, more broadly, just taking players from the same team. You're doubling your risk on a failed offense, even for one game. And you might feel like, well, you know, I'm taking a really good offense. You know, even the Chiefs. If the Chiefs put up a, I don't know, 20-point game, two touchdowns and two field goals, you might be stuck. Well, even if you have Mahomes and Hill, and but it's a, it's a Mahomes right. to Kelsey day. Yep. I mean, you're going to well, get your well, Mahomes, but it might not well, be enough. What if it's a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire exactly. game, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're really that's, screwed. That's the danger. And, um, yeah, you got to diversify early on in the season. Mm-hmm. That strategy certainly comes into play later on in the season when you're up against the big boys and everyone's got a bunch of studs. You might have to load up on a, on a team stack to uh, overcome the opponents in your league. But yeah, early on, uh, that's a no-go. Yeah, and if the quarterback were to succumb to injury and you're highly invested in that offense, it hurts everybody. Yeah. Even if you've got the running back, if the quarterback goes down, it's, it's a big problem for everybody. So a lot of caution on just taking players from the same team because that's you can run yourself into real trouble there. Um, and then, you know, related to that, Brian, and the last thing we'll mention, Got if it. COVID sweeps through the locker room of the Bucks, and you've got three bucks or even two bucks, and that they, the NFL could just shut down the whole, the whole, the whole team. They might go, you know what, Tampa, you're shut down for three weeks while you disinfect everything. You quarantine all of your mm-hmm. players, all of your coaches, your front office, everybody goes into lockdown. And the Bucks are out of business for three weeks, and you're stuck. You were very stuck. You, you, you might be forced. You'd have to d- drop players you don't want to drop. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah, just diversify your portfolio early on. You should be all right. So there you go. That's the autopsy of a guillotine league corpse. Other than the beheading, causes of death, not respecting the bye weeks. Multiple flops in one week, and we talked about all of the ways you can avoid those floppy players. You blew your fab too early, you'd... Held it too long. All you both could hurt you. Handcuffing and taking too many players from the same team all causes of death for your guillotine league team. Brian, we'll Charge. be back next week. Can't wait. We encourage people to play at guillotineleagues.com. Uh, we'll, find. we'll know who has opted in and out by then. That yeah, would be nice right, to know absolutely. Finally. Right, yeah. And maybe even uh, while you're listening to this, the, yeah. uh, the opt-out is Friday, which is uh, in advance of our current, current taping. We might be listening to this after Friday. Um, you'll be able to find out who's in and who's out. And boy, Lord knows it. It certainly, the Damian Williams opt-out just 
completely changed the landscape of the first round, the second round, and now it's uh, it's it's got big ramifications. And really, from a from a guillotine league standpoint, why don't we just spend a second on sure. the Chiefs on the Chiefs backfield? So we're rambling at the end of this. It's only sixteen minutes in. This is nothing for us. The people want more. Yeah. Um, it used to be much more dangerous to take either Damian Williams or Clyde Edwards-Alaire because either game could be one guy or the other guy could get most of the work. They could go hot hand, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to get the majority of the work. They'll throw in a, maybe a little Washington, a little Thompson, something like that in there a bit, you know. But I think we st- we now have a pretty legitimate lead back on the best offense in the NFL. So from a safety standpoint, I'm feeling pretty good about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, uh, most people are. I mean, you, you, he's going in the top five in most most formats. Uh, At least among in, running backs, yes. Among running backs, And in some yeah. cases overall. I, I'd be curious just to do a, a side-by-side, of uh, like the first three or four rounds, you know, the, yeah. the pre-Williams opt-out and the posts and just see yeah. the, the butterfly effect that uh, that has had. But, yeah, it, it certainly has had some. But, um, yeah, people – Hilaire is still going to share some work. He yeah. has to with, yes. with Washington. But, um, yeah, 70% of the touches to start seems feasible, and it just depends what he does with them. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, it, it's, if he keeps he, Mahomes he's, upright, he's too. Be good. That's going to be the most important thing is keeping Mahomes upright. Well, that'll, um, that, that would help. Yeah. That would help. That's something but. Washington does thrive at and has done in college even. They have yeah. a history yeah. there, so yeah. we'll see. Um, we haven't seen this much. Well, I was going to say we haven't seen this much buzz for a rookie running back in a long time, but actually we have. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott recently, you know, there was tons of, you know, I had him ranked as my number one uh, running back. Barkley. Saquon yeah, Barkley. Barkley. I think I had him ranked number two mm-hmm. his rookie year. Um, so those are, you know, we actually have had running backs that have, you know, really hit the ground running. Gross. That's disgusting. That we, and that's, we can't end that's it that the, way. Yeah, we really can't, can we? I mean, I, <laughs> what I'm else not going to tell a knock-knock joke right here. So. Well, you know what hasn't had any effects uh, on the fantasy in, uh, community in opting out? This is going to be kind of old news by the time some people listen, but Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns have opted out for the Miami Dolphins. All right, Preston Williams. Let's let's. They're still at the bottom of the yeah, depth chart. They but. are. But let's hope Preston Williams can ste- yeah. can rebound off that ACL because he looked very promising last hey, year. Any deep dynasty leaguers listening? That means Isaiah Ford is now a thing in Miami. Isaiah right. Ford. Okay, I like it. Thanks for listening to Chop the Guillotine League podcast. Back next week for more guillotine specific advice. Also, we encourage you to check out our regular podcast, if you will, Fantasy Football Weekly. If you're not listening to that already, you should. It's available on iHeartRadio and everywhere else that you like to listen to your favorite podcasts.